The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Catch Big Red Wrap-Up, game highlights and analysis on NET, Nebraska's PBS and NPR stations. Tuesday nights live at 7 on NET World and Facebook and at 10 on NET. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I cannot believe a week has gone by. It seems like an entire lifetime. Yes. Even in the year 2020. I I don't know where this last week has gone. I feel like the last week. So when we recorded the previous episode, which for the record, if you're someone who anytime, any of these episodes, I hope remain relevant to you, even as uh, news and games and everything else changes. It doesn't matter. But we were recording without any knowledge of what the future, what what was ahead in the future, what it held. And I remember walking away from that podcast that day. And first and foremost, it was like 75 degrees and sunny. Mm -hmm. It is now winter again. (laughs) And the days that followed, which I will be honest, I made the mistake I made the mistake that so many people (laughs) told us not to for months, for Mm -hmm. months, pundits, politicians, everyone have been saying, you will not know the results of the election on election day. Right. You just will not because we're seeing a higher than normal mail-in ballot, mail-in ballots being returned. Yeah. We're seeing more early voting. There are states, which of course were the ones that we were waiting the longest on that have, um, rules essentially that they're not even allowed to open the ballots to start counting until election day. So despite this information, despite the fact that like (laughs) everyone told us you will not know, I still acted like I would know that day. Mm -hmm. And then I proceeded to act like I would know every day following until we finally got word. (laughs) So last, the previous week from when we are recording this current podcast Feels like an absolute blur in my life. It felt like one day. One really, really, really long day. It did. And the funniest part was through all this, I ended up getting locked out of my Twitter account for the second time in like five months. (laughs) I never did follow up with you. What happened there? So I think I know what happened. Um, It's... It's not worth going yeah. into, I think, a an application that I had given um, access to, uh, okay. um, tried to access my account, not for any reason negatively, mm-hmm. but it prompted something in Twitter system that shut my account yeah. down because I wasn't hacked. Nothing, nothing like was happening. Mm-hmm. It just basically... So if you're new, um, this summer I got locked out of my account for up to a week after the actual hack, there was like a kid in Florida who legitimately hacked Twitter and anyone who had changed their passwords that also conveniently was verified, which were two things. One, I am verified and two, 
I changed my password because that was like the thing that I thought you do. When you hear yeah. about a hack, yeah. you're like, I'm going to change my password. That's what you do. Well, that prompted Twitter to think that somebody had gotten into my account, changed the password. And so they locked my account. Well, to save all of these accounts from being taken by someone, they then removed all of the information from them. So mm-hmm. email, phone number, everything. So I was in purgatory where there was no way for me to reset my password, yeah. nothing. So this kind of happened again. Okay. And of course happened. And I'm like, the election is going to be called and I'm going to have no way of communicating because for me, it's not even about tweeting to be honest. Yeah. It's that like my timeline, which I enjoy following is gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I spent probably about 24 hours in purgatory, just waiting, just waiting to get back in my account. Yeah. Um, Thankfully this summer I met somebody over Twitter who has, um, legitimate Twitter connections and was able to help expedite the process. Uh, but I, (laughs) it was, it was a weird, it was a weird time. Yeah. Again, I was like, you know, maybe this is for the best, but then I remembered, I enjoy reading most people's tweets. Yeah. I was sad. I stay off of Twitter on Saturdays during football season. That's smart. Um, I should unless try that. we're unless we have Mountain Dew takes like <laughs> I'm it's the same it's the same reverberated sometimes trash that we hear over we've heard over and over again for legitimately like ten years now so mm-hmm. I just um, for my mental well being so I'm not a snarkaholic uh, to everyone I just don't but I did have to I did have to tweet something I just tweeted a gif that day it's fine the sigh of relief the one thing i will say that's really difficult is i i tweeted a gif after the game a schitt's creek gift gif which was also a gift it it is a gift um and unfortunately somebody saw that because of the algorithm like three days later and Mm -hmm. was like what's wrong it's like nothing's wrong Um, it's just if you're seeing this out of context of when this was tweeted i can understand why you would think something's wrong but yeah you know if you're somebody who's who has come to the Mind Your Own podcast for clarity on what exactly is going on with Nebraska. <laughs> I offer this to you. I have no idea. No um, one freaking knows. I, you know, I will say this, and there will be plenty that will be hashed out over all of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody who's just like trying to make sense of this, I just want to point you in the direction of hillvarsity.com. There is a network page there. Yeah. You can see all of the podcasts we have available, and we are all going to be trying to make sense of life as it as it stands for Nebraska at this point. Um, the only word that comes to my mind, and I know we won't spend a ton of time <laughs> on this today, is the D word. There's Discipline. a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, it you know, looks really freaking undisciplined to me, and I don't understand how you're this far into a tenure and things are supposed to be different, and they haven't crossed that discipline Yes, and, and discipline means a lot of different things. Yes, it to does. Be, to be clear, like discipline is being disciplined in learning the playbook. Yes. Because something that actually really caused concern from my point of view, on Monday, Scott Frost made a comment that, you know, with some of the younger players in against Northwestern, they couldn't call certain things because they weren't as familiar with mm-hmm. everything. And now I do understand to a point that younger players are still learning. They're still yep. adapting. They're still kind of grasping everything For that's sure. going on. But if you are unable to call certain plays because you're not sure if those players know what is being called, that is something that I, I, I'm sure – Frost is asking, but why? 
Yeah. Why is that happening so consistently where players just don't seem to know the playbook? That's that alarming. Is, that's a discipline. Yeah. Discipline is, um, you know, I, I've talked about this a little bit. And if you, <laughs> this is just, this is just, if you are a Ru, RuPaul fan, um, RuPaul <laughs> is big on like shameless plugs. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's a good girl. If you have a good shameless plug, um, we do have a YouTube channel for Hill varsity. If you, check out the Hill Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, Brandon Vogel and I did do a post game, like just quick 20 minute Mm -hmm. kind of thoughts. And the thing that I keep going back to is this team just doesn't, it's just, it's oversimplifying this, but there's a lot wrapped up into it. This team doesn't know how to win and they don't know how to finish. And it's not even about finishing games. They don't know how to finish drives. They don't know how to finish a play. They don't know how to finish their um, progression, like their Mm -hmm. checkdowns. Like now, but when this, you, like, saying that, though, this hasn't just, no. it, it, this isn't limited to Scott Frost. And it's not limited staff. to Adrian Martinez. It's not limited to We've Mike Riley. We've been seeing this since yes. Bo Pelini was here. Yes. There is something that is going on where no matter who is at the helm of this whole thing, for some reason, there is a lack of, um, I mean, it's finishing tackles. Yes. Like the thing oh, that the thing yeah. that drove me crazy is here you have somebody like Deontay Williams, who by all like by everything we have heard is far too talented to be making tackles the way he does yeah. to throw your shoulder at somebody and not to wrap up and actually tackle them. Yep. That stuff I just do not understand. And I, you know, if you like I said, if you've come to the Mind Your Own podcast and you're like Sasha and Aaron, tell me what this means. I honestly don't know, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that, you know, to a degree, Scott Frost is probably grasping at what the heck this is, what the heck is happening as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a, it's a head-scratcher. I I don't like really sharing what I'm reading because a lot of people probably don't give a shit what I'm reading, but I am reading this book, The Power of Habit, and I actually just got done with the part, it's at the very beginning of the I've book. I've heard of this book. And it talks about Tony Dungy as a coach, mm-hmm. and he did things differently like you have to oversimplify it almost sometimes, mm-hmm. but they were always falling apart in games at very critical moments in games because they didn't believe they could win. But once they had a belief system there, that's when they started winning on a consistent basis. And every player who spoke on the term, like in, in anonymity about that time in his career with the Colts said the same exact thing. It honestly took his son dying for the team to come together to be a team. That's the only thing that made them, it it was like their shared bond, you Mm -hmm. know, like this tragic thing happened and that was the one thing that changed their mindset. Like we have to play together as a team, Mm -hmm. even in the critical moments when it's like the most important play of the game and you're, you know, you've got three seconds left on the clock and you have to make that play. That's when they were falling apart. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what needs to happen. I'm not saying a tragedy needs to happen. That's not why I'm bringing this up. But I think that it's a collective mindset. It's almost like, it's not even like a culture thing. That's not what I'm trying to get at. But I think that there's some some small pieces missing. They're not able to put it all together. I want to be, I want to say too, if you're somebody who's like, but Frost has been selling us that the culture is in a good spot. You can actually have your culture in a decent place. Mm -hmm but still be missing things within it. Like just because everyone likes each other and because they're, so here's the thing. 
a majority of the players may buy into Frost, but yep. there's something that they're not buying into because, yeah. you know, to be honest with you, and this is, again, oversimplifying it, but when I was in college, I had to take micro and macroeconomics. Mm-hmm. I hated micro and macroeconomics. <laughs> um, I was not bought into either of those things. Yeah. So my work level was incredibly low. It was, I need to just pass these so I can get done with it and move on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Now, I don't want to say, I don't want to imply that anyone on this team is like not buying in the way that I didn't buy into micro and macroeconomics. But I'm just saying when you, when there's maybe something that is like when you are not fully bought in for some reason, Mm -hmm. and that's not saying like I could have liked my micro and macroeconomic teachers. They could have been really amazing people, but I didn't buy into the subject. So there might be something there where it's like, maybe there's something they're simply not buying into. I don't know. That's why I brought that up because I think that I, and like we said, we'll probably keep saying we're not trying to oversimplify it, but there, it doesn't even have to be a collective. Like, I don't buy into it because of this. That's not what we're saying. I think mm-hmm. that it could be on a very individual basis as yes. well. And I mean, that's the thing too. And that's, If you don't is- think you can win and that's the thing keeping you from winning, you're probably not. That, that's what I meant, like bringing up the belief thing. If you don't believe you can in the critical moments and like the one, you get a penalty and then that, sets off the downfall mm-hmm. and it falls apart from there like there's just something there's something missing here and not to like totally just completely like change this trail of thought but you mm-hmm. actually kind of made me think of something and this actually does kind of honestly take us to where I think we wanted to go today yes um but so when we talk about how individuals can be all different it's not like every single person on this team is having the exact same experience or the exact same thoughts one player could be more bought in this week and not so much next week Mm -hmm. because things are maybe affecting them differently and you know I will be honest like we like to say things about locker rooms how they're the most diverse so they're the most this and in in the country and while maybe true that doesn't mean that that removes um that that doesn't mean it removes all of the issues that we see everywhere else. Right. Like it just, it's just in a smaller space and, you know, and I'm like, please, please do not think I am making this comment about Nebraska. I'm making this comment in general, general. about all locker rooms from the NFL to high school, to college, to everything. Mm-hmm. Teams bring people together of all different walks of life. And when that happens, you may find, well, you should find Oh, geez. I just almost fell out of this chair. Um, you may find difference of opinions. Yes. You may find different ways of thinking. You, you should. No one should all be the same. Right. So, you know, this the, the one thing that 2020 has really sh- highlighted for me is there are a lot of things, there are a lot of topics, some of which we've talked about here, that matter very deeply to people it doesn't matter what a football team, a basketball team, a volleyball team, a track and field team, it doesn't matter. There are athletes on these teams that have experienced things or saying like, Hey, this stuff really matters to me. And I'm not saying that like a game is won or lost because of like these things, but Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of shit happening in the world. And so I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this, but I'm just, I guess what my point is, is for somebody who's maybe, I think about the way that I sometimes am feeling where I'm like, I can't get through a day of work because my mental health is in a really rough spot. Yeah. I, I imagine that 
that's how some people are feeling in a locker room. They're yeah. like, I am just really struggling today to maybe like not buy into the coach or buy into the program, but just buy in because I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. My mental health is not great. I'm, I'm exhausted by the things I'm seeing on the news. I'm exhausted because things I care about are not being, you know, are not changing. Mm-hmm. These things can play a role in everything. Now, again, I, I can't make this general, I can't make this case for Nebraska because they would have to tell me that to be true. So I'm just saying in general, in general, when we look at like why an athlete may have a, you know, a rough week or why maybe this, you know, we don't know what's going on with them. We have no idea something, you know, they could be very passionate about what's just happened with the election, or maybe there's something going on in their life where a family member is sick. Mm -hmm. A family member could be battling COVID-19 for all we know. There are so many things that could be affecting the mentality of an individual that go far beyond anything that's happening on a team. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I think it's important that we all just kind of take a step back and remember for the 80th time that we've said this, that the individuals that do the things that we love are human beings Mm. at the end of the day. Everything isn't a microcosm. No. Like, honestly. No. It it could be that general. And you know what? This is a a screwed up season anyway. (laughs) So like, we'd have no freaking idea. No. if, If it were me... And that, I kind of brought up the habit thing because I think that it's really hard once those habits are established within a team to break those habits. And it mm-hmm. could be just as simple as that. But habits I think that there's hard. tons of layers on top of that too. Mm-hmm. There are bad habits that they need to break out of. But there's also the year of 2020, yeah. a f***ed up football season that isn't even – they they that was their second freaking game for God's sake. Like, And they had an, they had an <laughs> unexpected week off. Exactly. There's I mean, so much stuff going on. Like for, my, for myself, like personally, like so habits, what, what do they say? Like how long does it take for a habit to form? Like three weeks or something? Like consistent like – 28 to 30 days, yeah. So – Three to four weeks. I just want to be clear on something. Um, so I use my Peloton as an example because mm-hmm. it's one thing that I can point to right now in 2020. Um, but when I decided, so I, I, the Peloton arrived in March and I was kind of like a little bit half ass with it until um, I want to say like May was when I was like, all mm-hmm. right, I did not get this bike to just like have it be like this piece of art in the basement, like going to actually use it. And I got really, really into it. And I still am really, really into it. But I will tell you, like I have been pretty consistent since the day I said I'm going to be all in. Mm -hmm. But there are still some weeks where I'm just like, ah, I just cannot. It is really, really hard it is really, really easy to break a habit. So even Mm -hmm. if riding the Peloton every day or so many days a week has been my habit for so long, that is is a very easy habit to break because a lot of stuff is happening. You know what the hardest habits to break are? The shitty ones. ones. Yeah. So like I I bite my fingernails and that's a habit I've never been able to like overcome. I'm going to lend you this book, by the way. Everybody should just read it anyway, but... Yeah. There's actually a part of there about biting your nails. Yeah. Although somebody <laughs> did tell me one time that like sometimes people who bite their, apparently there's a belief system that people that bite their finger fingernails are smart because mm-hmm. it means they're uh, thinking. And I do notice I do that a lot when I'm worried or yeah. thinking or stuff. So um, it's just something that like, it is a habit. That is a habit that I can't, I have not been able to break in my lifetime, but habits are just, you know, when it comes to Nebraska, 
I'm, they have sports psychologists. I hope yeah. the team is using them because I just, in it, from everything we know, they are. But like, this is, this is a code that is much bigger to crack. And honestly, yeah. there's, there are things that are happening in the world that are greater than sports and they could very much be affecting this team as well, yep. but they're affecting every team. So I want to be clear on that. It's and not every just person, really. every person. Oh, I just wish I had a better answer for you as to why, but I just don't. Um, Nebraska does play Penn State, the the home opener 2.0. I guess we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I will actually, if it doesn't get canceled, yeah. I'm supposed to be there. Um, I will be honest. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit nervous, not because of the game. Yeah. Uh, this will. So if anyone's wondering how press boxes are working in 2020, they're at about 25% capacity, which is significantly reduced. So my like exposure to people will still be fairly small. Um, masks are required. Um, it's just like knowing how things are going right now, especially in the state of Nebraska. I am just generally worried about being anywhere. And I hate yep. like, I hate bringing this worry up because well, no, I don't hate bringing this worry up. I just want to say it's hard to bring this worry up because I have been met too many times by people who are quick to be like, well, if you're so dang worried about it, just go hide in your basement. And it's like, that's fine. That's where my Peloton is. I'll survive if, it, <laughs> if, if that's what I have to do. But like me being concerned about, I just want people to be safe and healthy is not the same as me saying, I want to hide forever. I right. just, I'm, I'm a little bit tired of this. Um, it's black and white and you have to, if here's if, another way to look at it too, you guys, if, if you weren't worried, you being Aaron, mm-hmm. people should be worried for you, honestly, because where are they going to get your content from if you end up getting sick? Right. I mean, I think about that where I'm like, <laughs> like well, what on, if guys. I'm not able to go? And then like, I don't know. I just, I, it's, you know, the thing that's been really hard, and this is actually how I'm going to transition into this is, um, I want to bring up a tweet that a series of tweets that I had over the weekend. So, uh, we'll talk about this because it does matter to Sasha and I. And so mm. I don't really, I, I'm just going to be just completely honest right here. If you're somebody who's like, I'm tired of politics and sports, then just go on your way. Um, because that was uh, your warning. That That is your warning. <laughs> if you want to come and tell me to stick to sports, I'm just not interested. Yep. I'm going to read the series of tweets really quick and then we can move into um, kind of where this all came from. Um, so long story short, Saturday morning, um, it was projected, or a, a couple of the bigger news outlets called the election for Joe Biden mm-hmm. and Kamala Harris. Um, by the way, really quick, um, and I <laughs> here's the thing: to a to a degree, I feel like again, I've said this in the past. I feel like we have created a like, and this is all credit to all of you listening. I feel like we've really like found a really um, not to be like an echo chamber, but like. I feel like we have found just some really great followers and listeners who are not um, like going to get in our inbox and attack us. Maybe you will. I don't know if you're just having one of those weeks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Everyone does, um, man. I mean, it's fine, I guess. But but (laughs) her name is Kamala. Pronounce it as such. And if you cannot pronounce Kamala or you are unwilling, Madam Vice President will do just fine. (laughs) Um, That just to be clear, if you are unwilling to learn how to pronounce her name, you can just go ahead and call her Madam Vice President. Um, 
so she tweet she had her speech prior to Joe Biden on Saturday night and she said something that just really hit me where she said I may be the first woman to stand here and I am paraphrasing by the way but she said I may be the first woman to stand here but I will not be the last or I will be I'm the first woman to own the, to have this job own this job have this job but she won't be the last and for the record, this is like my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I have been talking about women in male-dominated spaces forever. I can point you to the Instagram post that we talked about a few weeks ago that people slammed me for like three years ago because how dare I bring up women in sport? Or like how dare I like call for women to be hired in this space? It's not about women. It's about the best candidates. Mm-hmm. Save me with that bullshit. So I, this is not new. If you are somebody who is following me and this shocks you, where have you been? Where have you been? And for the record, I lost about 200 followers over the course of all of this. And I don't care if that, if you really have your like panties that much in a bunch over me talking about women in male dominated spaces and hiring people of color and celebrating these things, I don't care. Go to your echo chamber then. You can head on over to Parlor, which by the way is semi-scary and y'all need to check your family members that are trying to go there. Um, I This is not new. So what I said is I wasn't going to say anything. I've been long, I've long been vocal about supporting women in male-dominated spaces, spaces. I believe in hiring women and people of color. I am not perfect, but I try to use my platform to speak out on the things that I believe in. You can call me names. You can unfollow. Some of you already have, in some cases both, but none of this is new. It's not like I started thinking this way today. I'm proud of the community I've built on Twitter, and I know that comes with scrutiny here and there when people don't agree with me or what I'm saying, but do not act surprised by this and do not call me a bitch, which we'll come back to that. And then I said, a lot of you are being exceptionally kind. I I didn't tweet that for compliments, although many of you were like, oh, you deserve it. And that's so nice of you. But like, I have thick skin. I don't know if that's the right answer, but I'm also just really bad at accepting compliments. So like, it's, I'm working on it. So what happened was, is when I retweeted Kamala Harris's account for her comment about not being the last woman as vice president or hopefully one day president, Mm -hmm. which I'm adding that. I just think it's an important addition. Um, I had an individual who came along and was like, it's very unfortunate that like, it could like great that you're supporting women, but like too bad. It's this woman. I hate that. I hate that stuff. Like don't, you don't get to choose which women are breaking barriers. Another person who's like, well, I didn't see this energy from you with the Supreme court for the record. (laughs) I don't have an issue with, I do not have an issue with a woman who does not think like me necessarily being on the Supreme Court. My issue is they push that through when that was the entire argument. I'm not going to get into this. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. It, like, do not, do not come and move the goalposts on this. Like, you yeah. don't get to come into my mentions and move that those goalposts. Like, well, you aren't supporting women here. It had nothing to do with her being a woman. It had nothing to do with her in general. It was the entire process of how she got where she was. Yep. It was unfair, and it was a complete contradiction to what was literally said four years prior. Yep. I We talked about this last week. I I did not go tell Brett Favre to stick to sports because that would be hypocritical of me. Yep. It is the same thing. You 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 have to be mindful of the way you're going down this stuff. So anyway, the one that really got me, and this is what prompted this, is the person who called me a bitch. I didn't see that. 
Well, but he I'm got blocked very yeah. fast. Um, because here's the thing. I typically mute. Um, yeah. But when you take it into personal attacks, that it's just an automatic block for me. For one, like we mentioned this last week, I do not understand in what capacity an adult human being thinks that it is necessary or okay to just start calling people names because they don't share the same opinion as you. Are you a freaking toddler? That sounds like what a kindergartner would do, if I'm being frank. You know, there are a lot of things, and for the record, I have talked about, and we have talked about, and I'm, I'm talking separately of this podcast, but I have talked about outside my privilege as a white woman and what that means in this world. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of like, a lot of us have some come to Jesus moments ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like, I'm not trying to sit here and I want to be clear about something. I'm not trying to sit here and do the whole, like, um, no matter what side we're on, we're all in this together. Because to be clear, like there are people who are literally telling you like there, there are problems in the world. And when it comes to things like, um, s- social justice issues, mm-hmm. This there there's not a difference of opinion here. Yeah. There there is a difference of opinion again for a reminder is okay, let let me not even use the example of like when I said like the sky like yeah. oh yeah. the weather, blah blah blah. Let me let me use this. If I say to you, I re- I'm a really big fan of Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. I and and you and you not being you general you say, um, yeah, I'm I'm not. Yeah. That is That's a, a difference, difference of, of opinion. opinion. If I say um, she's a woman and you say, no, she's not. That's no one's doing that, by the way. But that's just a right. really stark contrast of like, I'm trying to show you that's not right because that is. That's not that, factual information. That's not facts. <laughs> like yeah. we, we have gone down this path. So many people who are like, well, I, we have a difference of opinion. No, 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 no. Like there, mm-hmm. there is a difference of opinion, but make sure you understand what a difference of opinion is. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with difference of opinion. I don't have, I, I take issue when people present their own facts and you may sit here and go, well, Aaron, you have your own facts. If I am ever factually incorrect on something, I'd like to be clear about this. I welcome being challenged. I welcome um, show me how I'm factually incorrect. But yeah, show show me show me your work because yeah. I'm I'm going to say right now I'm I'm big on like just give me the stuff I need to go look at. Yes, me too. And it it needs to be from a reputable news source now. Yeah. I'd like to actually talk really quick about that. Sorry, not to derail this. I saw a really, really good TikTok on this. TikTok is like teaching so much to people. But no, seriously, this this woman who has an account, I thought this was so like smart. She was explaining. She's like, okay, for people who don't understand journalism and don't understand journalists, she's like, when you call things like the AP or the New York Times or your local newspapers fake, you call them fake news. She's like, here's why they're not. Because legitimate news sources are required by law to print retractions when the information they present is untrue. Right. So if they say something that is incorrect and it has been proven to them to be incorrect, they have to print 
if they have to go back and correct that. Yes. You will see that. You will see retractions in your newspapers. You will even see retractions in Hale Varsity because we are required to do that. If we do not, you can sue the living daylights out of us. Mm-hmm. Like that is the thing. There is a protection there. You know what's you got to be careful about is not taking news from entertainment sources because there are cable news channels that are entertainment. Mm-hmm. There are websites that are entertainment and yes those need to be looked at with a more close eye now I'm not going to sit here and tell you that some news sources don't lean one way or another and yep that is that is something that like we all have inherent biases and if that's why I encourage people have multiple news sources that you look at Mm -hmm. um because yes while CNN may lean more left um the you know the NPR typically is more center. Mm-hmm. Like find different news sources that allow for you to still see news, yeah. but don't use entertainment to get your facts. So I if would also like encourage people when something, see- because as a human being, your gut is telling you if something seems fishy. If it seems fishy to you, bring up a, an, another reputable source. Mm-hmm. Do a little bit more digging. Don't just be like, well, this looks kind of weird, but I'm going to post it anyway. I'm just going to take that as it is. And stop just reading headlines. That's what worries me a lot. Actually, that was really interesting that you just said that. So Instagram over the weekend, when I started to like post some stuff, um, they had a thing that popped up that was like, oh, no, no. Was it Twitter? I don't remember. Everything's a blur. One of the social networking sites, when I went to go share something, popped up a, like a little like, not warning, but just like a little notification mm-hmm. that was like, hey, there may be more to this story than the headline you're reading. Do you want to maybe read the headline? And I was like, Ooh, whoa. I like that. I was like that. It was like, I was like, as a member of the media, I am feeling like very proud mm-hmm. and a little bit attacked, but like happily attacked. Yeah. Um, because it was something that I had actually, in fact, read the story. But I... I was like, oh my, that like kind of, but that reinforced for me, like how many times people react to a headline. And I'm going to tell you guys, people do this in, in sports all the time. We, we literally shared a story about the, um, that tournament that's going to happen in Lincoln, that Nebraska is taking part in the basketball tournament. All of the information was in there within the first two paragraphs, all of the information about fans being at 25% capacity tickets going on sale next week, all that stuff was right there. And within like 10 minutes, we had multiple comments on Facebook that were like, what about fans? Read the piece. Just open it. (laughs) It it literally takes you two seconds to click on it and maybe 10 more to read it. This isn't clickbait because the information that you're asking about is literally in the article because it can't, we can't just put this all in the tweet when we're capped at a limit. We can't put this all in the Facebook post because you're not reading that either. Like (laughs) I was like, I just can't with this Mm. open your links, but also check those links. Like check the links. The links tell you a lot of stuff, but like, I say all this knowing for the record, I am not perfect. I have fallen victim to incorrect information. I have fallen victim to things where I'm like, oh, this, this seems really interesting and ends up being too good to be true. And then it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, a bit of humble pie for me. I should have maybe looked into that (laughs) a little bit further. Um, I just think we could do a lot in this world if before we go and we react and we like, 
go and be like, oh, I heard this thing. Let's just take a second and like just fact check ourselves. Yeah. But fact check yourselves with like multiple, multiple pieces of information because otherwise I, it, that's the thing that scares me about this. Excuse me. That's the thing that scares me about what I've been seeing on Facebook where people are like, I'm leaving Facebook and going to parlor because parlor is apparently a, a new social network. It's been around for, for the records. It's not that new. It's been around since like for like since 2018 or mm-hmm. something, but it, it doesn't help to go somewhere where you can just tell people where you can just regurgitate conspiracy theories. Right. You, the thing is, and I worry about this with myself. I want to say too, I worry about this with myself. Like, have I created an echo chamber that makes me feel validated in the things that I think and I believe because I'm only getting served or I'm only seeing the stuff that like I agree with. Right. I worry about this all the time. I actually, people keep saying, oh, just delete the people that are, that you don't agree with. But honestly, like, especially on Facebook, I keep them around because I need to know what are you reading? Mm Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? Because like it, it's not a difference of opinion there. It is a lot of times not factual information, but to know what other people are exposing themselves to, I think is very important mm-hmm. because then later, if you do have a face-to-face conversation, I just feel like it's good to know that stuff, honestly. Yeah. And you know, I... I do this to myself sometimes where I go and I start looking at things that like other people and I will tell you like I feel my blood pressurizing I feel my blood starting to boil but like I roll my eyes a lot (laughs) it is good like I want to be careful with this Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like you know it's just it's it's just helpful because we do need to have tough conversations with one another and having the context is helpful if I'm going to go into that with you um but yeah, I just, you know, I think for myself, what this weekend meant was to see, so Kamala Harris being the vice president-elect, she's going to be our future vice president. She's the first woman. She's the first black woman to be a vice president, black person in general, I should say, Um and I want to be clear on that. When I say that, the reason I'm not using African-American is because she referred to herself as the first black person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important. That's a discussion for another day. But I have yeah. actually been learning a lot about that, that some yeah. people prefer to be referred to as black and not African-American. So similar to just calling people the correct name, call them by the correct pronouns, call them by... Just listen to people when they say, this is what I want how I want to be addressed. Just listen to them and then don't be rude. Um, I, she's also the first, um, Indian woman, um, South Asian. Mm -hmm. Um, these are all huge. Like there are, there are young people. There are little, I want to be, I want to be especially clear. This is not just important for young girls. This is important for young boys, but there are so many girls in this world that are now looking at this potential. My, my neighbor texted me that his um, daughter saw Kamala speaking and, or after she was announced and saw a photo or something and basically said, I can do that. And that just made my heart like burst because it feels like we have so many, we have so many children in this world who are going to grow up going, everything is possible to me. 
Yeah. There's nothing I can't do because representation matters. And I will say this until I'm blue in the face. And if it's, if me telling you that representation matters, if me telling you, um, to check your sources or to be kind to others and listen to how they want to be directed is what ultimately makes you not want to follow me or be around. Like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry to you, but I'm not sorry for that because representation is a good thing. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's more important than I think a lot. I, w- I shouldn't say a lot. It's more important than people realize or recognize, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard to realize or recognize that. Not to, and not, this isn't being sexist, but if you're not a woman, you can't fully understand how important that representation is. I, I've said this. Seeing those little girls with their, there's one specific image that stands out to me. Uh, there's two. The young females in the audience at her announcement and her making that speech and the tears in their eyes and the mom that looks at her daughters and they're just smiling at each other when she says, you can do this. Like I'm not going to cry. You told me that you were going to cry. I'm I'm not going to cry. I'm getting goosebumps, but it made me super emotional (laughs) because what if someday I have a little girl, I can be like, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm anything. I'm you know, we do this thing to women and we do this thing to people of color where we say, and I'm using we because I fall into a category of people who do this, who say, I'm fine. I'm fine with having a woman president or I'm fine with having a woman vice president, but just not that woman. Oh, I'm fine with having this person of color in this role or this person of color doing this, but not not that that person of color. We are too quick to just go, we are too quick to say, and we're too quick to weaponize these things when they make sense for us. So like when the Supreme Court thing got mentioned to, to me on Twitter, that was not being fair. You were weaponizing that to basically say, I'm being unfair when I have not spoken about that at all. And yeah. you don't know my thoughts on it. And I would certainly like to share them with you, but I'm going to tell you, honestly, they're far more complex. Mm -hmm. They're far more complex than just having a woman on the Supreme court because, um, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, may she rest in peace. She's the, she's the one who said, you know, how many women are too many on the Supreme court? And she said, when there are nine, and if you're going to have nine women on the Supreme court, they're not all going to think the same. I understand that. Um, but you, you weaponizing that against me as this way of being like, well, you don't support all women. Well, no, I mean, and I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not using that as like, I'm just saying like, I don't support all men in different spaces, yeah. but there are so many of you in different spaces that yeah. I can do that where I can be like, well, I like this sports reporter because I think he's good at this job, but he, this guy's not quite my cup of tea because he's this. Right. Like I have so many more reference points with men mm-hmm. in these spaces because there are so many more of you. Yeah. Like I want to be clear about something when AOC when she got up and talked about Senator Yoho calling her a bitch and she stood in front of the world and said, I have to do this because I have to be clear. My parents did not raise me to take abuse from men. The reason the, the reason so many women applauded that is because we've all been there. Yep. But here's the thing. You, you may sit there and go, well, I don't agree with her policies or this and this and this. <laughs> like, 
I, you Being know, abused isn't her policy. No. And having, if you have to say something to be contrary to that because you have to say something, it can be just as simple as she didn't deserve to be called a bitch. Neither does your daughter, neither does your wife, neither does your freaking sister. It shouldn't have it shouldn't have ever come down to that. No, we can disagree and um I mean there are some things that no we can't agree to disagree on. I let let's just call a spade a spade on that. There are some things like I said when it comes to social justice issues that no you really can't agree to disagree on. Right. But yeah, like the moment you decide to call a woman a bitch um why? What's it, wrong with you? There's nothing that at that point like the people the people who are just so like saying such vile things about yeah. Kamala Harris like it's so hard because, like I said, people will use it against me, and I'm hearing it already. And I just want you to know if you're list- if you're still here, um, this is the stuff that goes through my head all the time because I'm I'm a big supporter of women in male dominated spaces, but I'm also sometimes really frightened to talk about it because I'm afraid of the people who are going to come back at me and go, "That's great that you support Kamala Harris, but why didn't you support Sarah Palin? Oh, that's great that you supported Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but why didn't you support the new Supreme Court justice? Yeah. Well, that's great that you support this person, but why don't you support this person? And it goes on and on and on and it's because, like I said, we like to move the goalposts on each other where it's like, if I'm talking about this, I'm going to move the goalposts over here to make it more difficult for you to talk about this over here. Yep, exactly. And that's really hard because I'll be honest with you, sometimes I simply don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And that comes across as, well, if you don't know what to say, you must you must not have thought this through. No, it just honestly gets exhausting sometimes. It gets yeah. exhausting to have to explain what I feel as a woman. I, I can't even imagine as a person of color how tiresome it gets to have to educate this, to educate people on the experiences that you go through yep. because too many people don't want to hear it. They don't, they don't want you to tell them. And so you're put in an impossible position where you are constantly having to say this thing is, this thing is affecting me and people are just going, ah. it, but is it affecting everyone? Like it's just, yep. It, it, <laughs> I really, really, really struggle sometimes to like know how to like approach some of these conversations because I don't want to come at it from a place where um, it's like I, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I, God bless her. I, I loved her. I love her still. She was the one who was like, you know, you should, and paraphrasing because I didn't come prepared. Um, as always, I'm not prepared. Um, she was the one who made the comment basically about like, you know, be a leader, but do so in a way that people want to follow. Mm-hmm. And like, that's where I'm always constantly trying to find my place of like trying to be a leader, but do so in a way that people want to come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to mess up along this way. I feel like I, I feel like this entire conversation I've been fumbling over myself. But the thing that I've learned, especially in 2020, that a number of other people have told me is it's okay to fumble through these things. We have to be willing to have awkward and weird conversations that not people, not everyone agrees with and do so in a way where like we hold each other accountable. Yep. But also like, just because you don't agree with me because you don't see it firsthand, you haven't experienced it, doesn't mean you get to go find a random article on the internet from like whatever dot, you know, 
net. net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then be like, but according to this source from God knows where that's at. Right. No, we don't, we're not, we're, no. <laughs> I want, I want to, I want to quote something that Kamala said during her speech, because I think it's super important. And I do think it provides some context to what our point is with this today. She said, I won't be the last in something to the effect that little girls can see what can be unburdened by what has been. And that was really, really striking to me because I think that goes hand in hand with a lot of what you were just saying. I don't think that it has to be burdened by opinion. Mm -mm. It doesn't matter if you like her or not. It doesn't matter if you like her politics or not. The point is she's been elected into this position and now your little girl, regardless of what side of the aisle you stand on, which should be irrelevant to this, but that's where we're at your little girl has the same opportunity as the little girl next to her now mm-hmm. because of her. Because of her. And I want to be clear so on something So that's important, too. you guys. She's not going to get a pass because she's a woman either. If right. She, if she is part of policy that, you know, maybe I don't agree with, it's not like I'm going to sit back and go, oh, that's fine. Right. She is a politician. At the end of the day, these are politicians. They have been elected into an office that we are supposed to hold them accountable to. Yep. And that means if they mess up or if they make mistakes or they vote for something that we did not, we did not want them to vote for, our job as citizens is to hold them accountable. Yes. That is not different for her. No. She is still very much going to be held accountable for everything that she does. I, yeah. there are a number, I want to, I want to just share, and this is the stuff that you can like, when we listen to each other, you learn. I have, I have seen a number of, um, different like people of persons of color talking about Kamala and how no they don't love her record in California and some of the things that she did to prosecute black people there are some people who are like no this isn't cool but you know what they supported her on other policy where they're like you know what we can we can maybe work through this where maybe things will be different now but we're still going to hold her accountable right they voted and they supported understanding that she is not perfect and there are things that have have to be addressed that is what you do with your politicians as you hold them accountable and that doesn't change that doesn't change just because the individual is a woman right that's what i'm that's what i'm saying is we we have to remember like these are still these are these are still politicians but what she has done regardless of that is show little girls everywhere and little boys, that women can hold that office and women can be in that office. Mm-hmm. That is it. Now, there's a lot of work ahead. Yeah. There's a lot of questions that have to be answered and a lot of other things that are going to happen that will make some of us happy, some of us not. But for right now, a woman has shown that she can aspire and not just aspire, but reach some of the biggest positions in the world. Yes. And the next spot is the president to be the president of the United States. That I would like to see in my lifetime. Me too. You know, I hope you understand when you listen to this, that the reason that we talk about this on a semi-adjacent sports podcast is because these are things that matter. Mm -hmm. I see athletes who bring this, these things up all the time. I see athletes who share their concerns that they share, you know, people, people, 
maybe not listening or maybe not hearing or seeing them. And I feel that sometimes in my role that people aren't hearing me or they only hear me when it's something that, when it's something that they want me to say. Yeah. Or that they don't want you to say. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell me to take my opinions to my personal Twitter account. My Twitter account is literally my name. Yeah. There's really nothing more personal than that. (laughs) I think that that's my challenge this week. I didn't tell you about this. It just Mm, popped mm, in my mm. head. Have a conversation with someone you don't agree with. A conversation. One that means that you are both listening to each other. It doesn't have to be about politics. Maybe it's a conversation that you've been wanting to have for a while but weren't certain how to approach it. Maybe it's squashing an argument with somebody that you're having. Just listen. An actively listening conversation with somebody. Now... It doesn't even have to be about an argument. No, and I want to just also though point out with that because I feel like this is something that I've seen a little bit. If you are going into something and the individual that you want to have a conversation with is also not willing to respect you and is just only there to like tell you how everything is a conspiracy and stuff, you also don't you don't have to do that to yourself. Right. Like this this is an something actively listening conversation. Yes. Both like, parties have to be willing to do that. Yes. Like we do have some tough conversations that we need to have Mm -hmm. with our loved ones and those around us, but like, you know, also protect, protect your energy, protect yourself. Um, understand that, um, you don't have to, like, if somebody is just not willing to respect you and your time and then that's where that ends and it's unfortunate, but I agree with you. I think, you know, we, we more can be done by being willing yeah. To listen. And sometimes, honestly, I think you'll be surprised. Not all the time, but every once in a while, if you reach out to whatever, to someone, and you're like, hey, I think we should talk about this, you might be surprised at how perceptive some people are because I don't think that people approach it like that anymore. It's like just yelling. It's mm-hmm. never, hey, would you mind, like, maybe having a Zoom call and just talking about this? Like, just a conversation? Like, calmly approaching things surprisingly has calm returns in effect. Like, usually. Not all the time. Not 100. I will say, shout out to the Gen Zers on uh, TikTok who've been filming themselves having conversations with their parents about um, the election and everything going on around it. Because some of those have been really, really, um, have been really uh, tense in Mm -hmm. some cases. But I have found so much so much like like inspiration from those that are younger than me who are willing to to have who are willing to have the conversation to see if the other person is willing to have it yeah. back and then understanding when they it might be uncomfortable and if it is then that's okay and if they don't respect you then just you try leave. yeah exactly. and then you say all right peace out super yeah. cool i don't know i just i don't even know how to end this it has been um, see you next wednesday uh, <laughs> um it has been it has been a week that there's so much wrapped up into this. I just um, I encourage you that if you see people doing what happened this week, and I'm not talking. Please do not go find the individual and go like yell at them because what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up in my mentions too doing this, and I don't want that. But if you see somebody that you know calling someone else a name because of some, like if you see somebody going. Opinion. Yeah, and sometimes, like, 
stand up for that person a little bit. Like we should not be allowing, we should not be allowing people to call women bitches for supporting, um, a woman breaking his, like making history, not breaking, maybe breaking history. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think this always goes back to everything we talk about every week is that we just need to be um, kinder to one another. Uh, be but- patient with each other too, you guys. Patience, like, I feel like is un- an undervalued part of being kind. <laughs> they mm-hmm. sometimes, a lot of times go hand in hand, especially anymore. It's okay to be patient with yourself and with other people. And also stop believing conspiracy theories. Yes, please. Because I'm really tired of them. Please. Like, if we end on nothing else, please, please hold your loved ones accountable when they believe conspiracy theories. I can't help you. And if it doesn't look real, it probably is not real. No. Oh, my God. That needs to be an entirely separate. I want to just end on this. We at one point thought about, did we name an episode, Not All Things Are Conspiracy? Yes, think- we did. Wow. Not everything is a conspiracy. It's still true. Yes, it it's is. It's still true. It's like the first episode. believing everything. But anyway, I apologize for my just random sporadic thoughts. It's been one of those you weeks. You know what? I feel like this was an important episode to be like that because I feel like that's kind of been where everyone's at. Mm-hmm. So we all need to get some maybe sleep. that's the title of the episode. We all need some sleep. We all we all need um, a vacation. We need but a nap. Wait, y'all need to wear your masks. <laughs> Bye. All right. See you next Wednesday. You love Husker sports. We love Husker sports. So that means you need to catch Big Red wrap up game highlights analysis, all of it on NET, Nebraska's PBS and NPR stations. It's every Tuesday night live at 7 on NET World and Facebook, and then again at 10 on NET. That's Central Standard Time, though, for those of you who do not live in Nebraska. Again, you love the Huskers. We love the Huskers. Don't miss Big Red Wrap-Up.